Hello, and welcome to What Will We Watch, the podcast, where we revisit our favorite childhood movies for the first time as adults. I'm Will, and uh, this week, we are heading back to uh, 2001 or 2002, 2001, I should have known that, for Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Meet Jimmy Neutron. He's a boy genius. Our parents have been kidnapped by aliens! This Christmas, get ready to blast. I may be small, but I've got a big brain! You know, for a nerd, he sure comes in handy. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. Uh, joining me this week to talk about Jimmy Neutron, boy genius, is Jonah Sevenier. How are you doing, man? Good. I'm, I'm glad I managed to secure the spot. I know this is a very popular topic. I... Many people <laughs> were no up for the one. running. and I couldn't find anyone to do this. You, 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 you came in like a... Enough. I was right here the whole time, baby. <laughs> you, you're like an angel investor who yeah. sweeped in to help me. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is about Jimmy Neutron. It's divisive. People hate it. Well, people love it. People loved it enough to to nominate it. Yeah, but I mean, I think of kids who watched it. Like Jade hates this movie. Yeah. Uh, people like I I have friends who like whenever I brought it up, they'd be like, "I'm good, pass." I don't think anyone I know has ever brought it up ever, or like even know that there was a Jimmy Neutron movie. It's very forgotten. Yeah. Um, Jonah, I'm sorry, I kind of missed your intro. You, uh, I have you on because you're a great filmmaker. And you're also a great graphic artist, and it's nice to have you on the podcast. It's nice to be here. I've been <laughs> waiting for shooting the shit. I know. Uh, also, Jonah's not farting. Uh, there is some construction going on across the way from us, and that's what that is. Thanks. Your secret safe it. with me, Jonah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. So you are a filmmaker, uh, and I want to know, what your favorite uh, movies were growing up? Just uh, like what was Jimmy Neutron part of? Well, Jimmy Neutron was kind of more around like the formative years of mm-hmm. like my childhood movie life. Like that's when I think we like started amassing our like massive like Disney VHS collection. We had like a stack probably like taller than I was at one point. Nice. But I'd say. The ones I like gravitated the most towards, or at least remember most fondly, was um, the first Land Before Time. I remember that one being really nice. Uh-huh. Uh, I really love the animation in that. Like, it feels very even like watching it recently. It feels very like warm and nostalgic, just like with all the character designs and the colors they use. It's a very comforting movie. And uh, Toy Story Two was another good one. Yeah, I remember kind of being like terrified in a way of a lot of parts of that but like liking it like there's the one scene where um, Woody's like trying to get over his like fears of being forgotten by Andy and like you see him get dropped through the floor and he like falls down and there's like a hole in the sky where like he like flew through the cards and like that has like stuck with me ever since now that those movies have a lot of nightmare fuel potential yeah. in them like Sid in 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 the first one's huge yeah and then also just like yeah, kind of like the body horror of uh, the collector in the second one, yeah, putting them back together. 
It was a very visceral movie. Like they, they really were good at kind of hitting home the like themes of isolation and like being forgotten stuff like that because that's the one with um jesse yeah getting forgotten yeah that's scary and the one with something with buzz lightyear and like he's in like this big empty like space station that i always thought was cool yeah it's like a very kind of like lost in space kind of feel that's when he's lost at uh pizza right at the meteor pizza or the claw machine yeah no that's the first one oh shit um yeah those movies are really good at like going into kids fears yeah uh what's uh what else is on your list um i got spy kids 3d which i see you did recently yeah have you watched it reese uh i watched it i think about a year ago i did um like a double feature almost with my girlfriend sydney uh we did spy kids 3d and shark boy and lava girl because those two like movies in my mind as a kid were like essentially intertwined and like yeah. you can't think of one without the other they're so similar i was trying yeah. to figure out the villain of spy kids 3d before we uh re- revisited and i was like yeah it's minus or linus and then uh and and then that's shark i was like no girl. yeah of course yeah. yeah um but no yeah really really fun movie i do i do want to rewatch that but um spy kids 3d i say that one because going back and rewatching it shark point lava girl is an awful movie it's fun to laugh at, Shit. and like, there's a lot of really like hilarious imagery and like set pieces and dialogue, but like, Spy Kids 3D is genuinely a very good movie. Personally, I think you do. Like, yeah, I like the characterization. I love like the special effects hold up really well, and like, I think it helps that they're essentially emulating like an early 2000s like MMO kind of graphics, so like, it can be a little bit more lenient and how like bad the animation looks but and like there's a lot of really weird heartfelt moments that kind of take you by surprise mm-hmm. like like the thing with a grandpa getting legs was really sweet and like stuff like that like finding yourself and like knowing who you are and just like a lot of really funny like payoffs like the one where the guy shows up and yeah. then he dies immediately later it's probably one of my favorite scenes in film it is (laughs) just because they build it up for the whole movie and then you got this big name actor like elijah wood who was massive at the time and he just dies like a minute later (laughs) yeah it's one of the it's probably the best way it's probably the best uh solve to a locked door in a movie yeah is like the like the, the filmmaker having that 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 uh move i really really found that funny i that was a great thing to watch um but yeah so much of that movie feels like it's like like the uh pogo frog sequence yeah looks like it's taken right out of like a gamecube yeah um what else uh another one is rescuers down under that's another film where i feel the 2d animation like bleeds off the screen because it's just so like well designed and well animated and like the colors and tones convey such a very specific and like a very effective like feeling and i like that one so much that i didn't even know that it was the sequel to the the first one rescuers down on or rescuers something something but up above maybe i have no idea but this one i really loved had a lot of really great scenes i don't know if you've seen it no i haven't it's really good like it takes place in australia 
and I love movies that take place in like places like Australia where they really convey how hot it is there. Yeah. Like where you're watching it and you're just sitting there and you're like almost sweating just because of like how effective the animation is. Yeah. And yeah. And another one, it's kind of like more of a blanket term, but I got a more specific example, but the, the VeggieTales movies. See, those are movies that I've only heard about. Yeah. And I've always wanted to watch. Surprisingly well made. Like they, I've watched a couple not too recently and they hold up pretty well. They don't really talk down to their audience. But um, because I I grew up in a pretty like Christian household. So that was kind of like our go to movies to watch. Yeah. And they'd be on these little green VHS tapes and they would only be like half an hour long. But back then I thought they were like, feature-length films just because I would watch them over so much. But they actually released um, one of their films in theaters with, like, a really big budget. And I like that just for, like, the fact that it was, like, one of my favorite franchises at the time being released in theaters. So that was exciting. But it was even more exciting because the movie, the only movie they released is the Jonah story. Yeah. From the Bible. (laughs) So, like, that was the biggest deal to me as a kid. I mean, that's pretty sweet to have your name. Yeah. And, like, it was very well done. Had some really good music numbers. The animation holds up pretty well, I'd say, especially compared to, like, the earlier, like, 30-minute shorts yeah. that they did. But yeah, that's... It's a pretty sick list. About it, yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to watch the Ve- VeggieTales. Are they, like, are there Christian tones in it, or, like, are they more just, like, family safe? Um... A bit of both. There's like the aspect of it, like a third of it is recreating Bible stories in a more like palatable way or like recreating them very vaguely with like more wackier like imagery and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, with vegetables. Yeah. Well, that's too. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's the not through line for all of it that already makes it like a lot more palatable to kids. Yeah. But like there was one story I remember. Where, like, in the Bible, there's, like, these two towns that, like, kept fighting. And they had, like, a war, but, like, two people, like, um, went out to each town and, like, talked about their differences and, like, figured it out. And apparently, I think it was a lot more bloodier in the book. (laughs) But in VeggieTales, they rewrote it as, like, oh, these two towns one of them wear boots on their heads and the other wear pots on their heads. And like, they hate each other because they think the other is stupid. And then they eventually realize that, Hey, both of us look kind of stupid. Is it still, have you re revisited it? Yeah, it's great. All right. Let's get to the, the boy genius who's at the center of the show. All right. Johnny Quasar. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, what is your, uh, what's your Jimmy Neutron boy genius memory? Um, I remember, I think we got it late into, like, the first season of the show. Like, it's one of those... We got it on VHS when I was, like, down visiting my grandparents and all, like, my cousins were there. and We all watched it together. But I remember... I think I knew who Jimmy Neutron was before this. And I thought that they made the movie after the show. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, there's... it's It was like... The Jimmy Neutron movie predates the Spongebob movie, which was, like, the big TV adaptation movie. 
but I think it one of the first ones was like the Rugrats. So like this was kind of like right after me being like, oh, uh, TV can be put on movies, on film, and like be a lot more high budget and grandiose and like feel like a film, yeah, as opposed to like watching it on like a tiny screen. So that was really exciting, and I remember um, we got it and like all my cousins came down with all their parents and we all watched it and it was fantastic. We all loved it. And I remember a very specific memory from it was right after the movie, we like all went up to the kitchen and like all of us cousins were like doodling our favorite scenes from the movie. And my favorite scene from the movie was um, when Carl has his, like they're all like making their spaceships to go into space and they're like blasting off Carl's butterfly spaceship doesn't like take off right away and he's like come on you stupid butterfly and i like i drew that like a little carl and his little like butterfly mobile and i drew with like a big speech bubble being like come on you stupid butterfly and i showed my uncle and like his face just like immediately changed and he's like we don't say that word here <laughs> and i remember being like so scared and i like scribbled it out and like i like was super careful to never say stupid around him oh, i thought it was butterfly no 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 <laughs> That's I I didn't know stupid was part of the no no words. I didn't either. Wow. I was very surprised. Like I've said that before around my parents around that time. Yeah. And like they didn't really care. And like it's funny because like he really doesn't care about like language or anything around me at this age because like I'm an adult. But like back then it was like it really stuck with me, and I think it's hilarious looking back on. That is pretty good. I I'm always. I was raised with zero language censorship at all. Really? Like, yeah, because I, you know, I had so many siblings. You, yeah. you can't control it. Um, but uh, now I still find I, 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 I forget how much I swear, um, yeah. and I, I don't even keep track of it, which is probably not great. But I now I find people will be like, "You swear? Like, why are you swearing so much?" Really? And they'll be like, "I am sorry. I didn't even know. Yeah, Jesus Christ was a swear." Yeah. Um. But uh, stupid, I gotta watch that out for that one. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's definitely the uh, the carnival rides was a huge memory. Yeah. Uh, the music, the soundtrack. Oh, the massive. soundtrack. I'd say this soundtrack comes like second to maybe the Shrek soundtrack. Personally, are you serious? Not like, <laughs> dude. Not like something you'd go out of your way to listen to. Like, I would go out of my way to listen to Shrek. I had that on CD back yeah. in the day. But, like, this one, the thing that always stuck out to me as a kid was, like, all the musical montages. There's a lot of them in this yeah. movie, and I think they all succeed very well. They do. They all feel, like, very epic and, like, very fleshed out and make the world feel, like, really big and lived in. And there's so many jokes packed into them, too. Yeah. Like, in the background, in the foreground. Yeah. You got Sheen peeing in the shower. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the, the musical montage that they use a lot in here is really good for just like hammering out a whole bunch of jokes really fast. Yeah. Whoa. Those construction guys are going. I think they're cutting metal. They're building a fence yeah. on the day that we reserve for a podcast, which is so rude. Um, Did they not see the memo? I mean, I, I for the two block radius, I papered it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I uh, Blitzkrieg Bop was really the song that I took from from this movie. I remember like running around and singing it. Really. But really, like the bigger thing that I took from this movie was uh, 
wanting to be independent like these kids. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that... Even after you saw what the consequence was? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, I do... Uh, the film is punishing independence. Yeah. But I, I still remember watching this being like, I will never be cool enough or brave enough to sneak out. Yeah. Did you ever sneak out as like... No, I, I was in the same boat. I don't... Kids in movies are always sneaking out. Yeah. It's not something that happens, I don't think. I don't think I... I maybe know my, like two people yeah. from high school that ever snuck out. I snuck out in high school, but uh, but, but not like back yeah. in like elementary. Never. I don't think anyone snuck out in elementary. So dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, where um, would you even go? Yeah, but I, I I think that movie's really I think the movie's really good at um at showing like uh these kids are almost like adults with like their problems and with what they're getting up to. And I think that's something that I remember as a kid. The other thing is uh, Nick, the badass. Yeah. I wanted to be like Nick so bad. Same. And I'm like, man, if I just had a lollipop at any given moment, I'd look so cool. And I think I did for like a couple weeks. You know, I did. I would like try to like bring a lollipop to school just to be like cooler than everyone. What if I, (laughs) what if I stick this in someone else's mouth? (laughs) Doesn't he do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's right when he walks in. (laughs) So gross. Yeah, but it's something as a kid. This guy just comes off so dope. Yeah. Uh, not the same now. No. As a very whiny, very, very annoying. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember I even he has this necklace which has like a ring on it. But as a kid, I thought it was a hex, like like a hex nut. Really. Like a bolt. And so I wore that for. I think a I hex wore. Nut. Yeah, I I wore it to school once, and then someone was like what the fuck's that on your neck? And then I was like, ugh. <laughs> it's like in grade one, took it off. And ashamed of trying to be cool. But uh, yeah, that's funny that we both kind of uh, wanted to be like Nick. Yeah. Now, total lame-o. No. Yeah, I, I hated him on rewatch. Yeah. I do love, uh, one of the things I really love about this movie is how they build up, almost like the guy in Spy Kids 3D, where they build up Nick as like, hey, Big, our plan tough. is... Yeah, he's like their fighter. And he not only gets captured, but like when it's his time to shine, he runs away and cries. Yeah. And I think that's so funny that like it's such a little kid idea of being like I like Jimmy Neutron will uh will get us to this inter interstellar planet. Yeah. And then we got this one eleven year old who's gonna kick all the aliens' asses. Yeah. And like he's the like, toughest where, guy. Where does we he know. go while he's waiting? Yeah. Like it's a whole planet that like you know nothing about isn't that like really dangerous that's true like didn't he, he could have at least Did just he like come home like because he left there at the end of the movie yeah he came home okay <laughs> but he could have just like orbited the planet and like they probably wouldn't have known that they were there because they get caught like right away i guess so yeah they came down and then they hid yeah and then they got caught um because they're a super intelligent life form uh all right um what do you think about uh jimmy neutron what do you think about it has made it stick with you till now i have one thing to add about throw it in so another thing about um having it on vhs i don't know how did you watch it when you were a kid i watched this movie once I this is my favorite movie as a kid. I watched it once, and then the VHS left the video store, and I've never it was never came back. 
do you remember on the VHS that they included two music videos? No. No? Oh my gosh. That was like, it was probably my favorite part of that movie is like they included uh, the music video for We're the Kids in America. Okay, that's a great song. By um, No Secrets. Yeah. Which was pretty good. Like very early 2000s, like girl band, girl power, kind of like music video. Felt pretty epic at the time. Just because of like the very like airiness, yeah, of the song. But the the star of the show was um, "Leave It All to Me" by Aaron Carter. I don't even know this one. It's the one that plays when he's um, flying around getting the bribes for his mom, <laughs> and it's kind of yeah. like a little bit of a rap. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. music video is like the Ooh. most two thousands Neutron. No, that's the one that's later okay. by Aaron Carter, where it's like Jimmy, Jimmy, in the rest of the Jimmy. There's multiple Aaron Carter yeah, songs. Yeah, I was surprised when I was like looking at the track list. I think there's also some Backstreet Boy songs. There's one. Yeah, which is funny because there there's a poster for like, I think it was called Out Outer Sync yeah. poster in uh, the girls' room. That's pretty funny. But anyways, the music video is like the most two thousands music video you could probably ever watch. It's like him sneaking off on a school field trip at like a museum into like a radioactive room like there's big warning signs all over it and he walks in and it's just like a big white room with a computer but it's essentially him like dancing around in like all white the whole room's white there's like white lights everywhere very early 2000s like rap video and then it ends with him morphing into like this terrifying 3d model of himself which is like some people say Jimmy Neutron has terrifying 3D. This is like 10 times worse. And it's him like dancing with like a flash mob of people wearing like black spandex. And I used to watch that over and over and over. Sounds Sometimes like I would like put in the VHS and just skip to the end just to watch it. <laughs> That's like me with uh, Wiki Wow Wow West on the uh, Will Smith's music video at the end of, uh, of Wow Wild West. And then Rush Hour 2, dude. VHS music videos were that shit back yeah. then. Rush Hour 2 had uh, uh, different hoes and different area codes. Really? Uh, which is just like a music video for some song that goes like that. And uh, I remember watching that and being like, God, this song bumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, music videos were so huge at some point. Yeah. Now they're not at all. Little Nas X, Little Nas X is bringing it back, though. Yeah. Pop. He needs to put out a VHS. He should. He probably. He's he one of the people has. that would. Um. Yeah. You want to uh, jump into the history of this film? John A. Davis, uh, the director writer, he originally planned for the story to be a live action short called "Runaway Rocket Boy," which I think might be a better title than "Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius." Maybe. I, Debatable. Um, but he shelved it after he couldn't get funding. Uh, the eighties, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eighties. I think wrote it. Yeah. I think like 86. And then, um, and then the character was originally named Johnny Quasar. Right. But, uh, he was later had his name changed to Jimmy Neutron and we will never mention Johnny, Johnny Quasar again. Damn. Okay. Okay. There goes half of my notes. Oh no. Joan has like what looks to be just a bunch of pages of notes. Um, All Johnny Quasar related. Oh, no. <laughs> sadly. But uh, they changed it because they didn't, uh, Nickelodeon didn't want them to confuse 
um, their character with either Johnny Quest or I think there was a like a superhero IP at the time called Captain Quasar. Captain Quasar, Mister Quasar. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So then in uh, in years later in 1995, he developed the idea for uh, Nickelodeon as a TV show, which I didn't know. I always thought the movie came first and then the TV show is made after. But they were made in in tandem. Like, they developed the show, and then an executive was like, wouldn't it be great if we had a feature film to promote this? Yeah. I thought the opposite. I thought the show was already, like, really popular, and then it came out. And I thought it was, like, straight to VHS. I had no idea there was a theatrical release. Yeah. I I, I remember seeing the show and being like, what? There's more Jimmy Neutron? (laughs) But where I lived, I had no access to it. Yeah. Um, uh, voice actor uh, Debbie Derryberry, which is an incredible name, uh, Debbie yeah. Derryberry. She was cast as Jimmy Neutron. The fantastic Martin Short uh, played the evil alien henchman Ublar. So good. Him and, and Patrick Stewart knocked it out of the park. Just, a, I was like, I can't believe this is the movie that we get Martin Short teaming up with Patrick Stewart. Well, um, I don't know if it came out before or after, but both of them were in uh, Prince of Egypt. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That's a great movie. Another great movie. That's a fun one. Um, I watched that late in life and I just loved it. Uh, But yeah, Patrick Stewart uh, re-recorded the lines of King uh, Gubot because they're originally recorded by a guy named Kevin Michael Richardson. Really? And I believe they use his lines in the trailer. Because uh, they recorded uh, Stuart later. But uh, I think it's interesting that a lot of people were surprised that Patrick Stewart played the poop emoji. Yeah, when he's played when King, he's... <laughs> King Eggman. Yeah. I was like, oh, that, that's that's a clear path right there. Yeah. Um, Do you know who they originally wanted to cast for Jimmy Boy? No. They were looking at Nancy Cartwright, who's Bart, Bart Simpson. Simpson. Sick. Uh, Pamela... Adlon Bob or Pamela Adlon, who was Bobby Hill, which oh. would have been really interesting, and E.G. Daly, who plays Tommy Pickles. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Well, like very nasally little boy voices. But they definitely name drop Bart Simpson a lot for like who they want, uh, the kind of like personality. Yeah, uh, quirky kind of spiky side of yeah. Jimmy Neutron to be. I don't I know. They're really pushing like people to know that he's like. Bart Simpson meets Albert Einstein, yeah. <laughs> which honestly is pretty sick. Yeah. I would, I, I would definitely watch that. They did uh, in a lot of the promotions. If you watch the promotions, they're yeah, they're pushing how much of a troublemaker this yeah. this this guy is, and uh, they like had him drop in on other Nickelodeon shows. Yeah that like you're watching and then he would use his remote and his gadgets to like screw with the nickelodeon shows i wish i got to see that on tv that looks so fun like imagine just like being a kid and like all of a sudden these like little animated characters come on the bottom of the screen on spongebob and everyone's puppets now and then like you go to tell your parents and like they don't believe you, you yeah you bring and, them like, back the, the same TV episode comes on <sighs> And it doesn't happen because, like, the promotion's done and they don't believe you. It's also such, like, a, it's such an impressive crossover to make it, like, 
to make SpongeBob into puppets just for one little yeah like uh, promo. Um, and that's like in the middle of. I wonder if you get those on DVD. I wonder if that happens again. That'd be nice if you watch those those episodes. Um, yeah, and then they even like in uh, Rugrats. He like used his gun to put his like signature hairdo. Yeah, on all fun. the Rugrats. Yeah, just like they they really were pushing. This guy is a is a Papino. If you watched our uh, our, our Spy Kids ep- episode. Uh. A couple of the episodes, they, like, heavily screw with, like, the visuals and, like, the audio. Like, one of them, they, like... In what? uh, Rocket Powered was one. Okay. And I think Hey Arnold. Oh, yeah. And it goes on for maybe, like, 20 seconds where, like, it's, like, has, like, a negative color filter on and, like, everyone's talking backwards. Like, I was just thinking, like, what if that was the first time you were watching that episode? And like, what if that was like important dialogue, and you just miss it? Yeah, they. T- <laughs> and you can't rewind it because it's early two thousands. Yeah, and they turned it into like an acid trip. Yeah, like it was- like some of those had like crazy flashing colors. Like imagine <laughs> just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, it's Jimmy Neutron. Seizures oh, I'm having a seizure. <laughs> yeah, I do think it really helped develop the name and the identity of Jimmy Neutron. That like you're like, oh, that guy is uh that guy's really messing with things yeah um yeah what if i just really really love inventive promotional stuff like that yeah um they were really pushing like for this movie like they did that they did which is weird a whole bunch of like short films because they like they they wanted to make the movie first but they weren't sure that people would like get excited for jimmy neutron because they don't know who he is so they like we're really pushing these like little short films in between like Nickelodeon shows, and they had those bumps. They had like this big like making of video that they aired on TV at some point. Like they really wanted people to. Yeah, get and I think they were like financially, very financially invested as well because they. Uh, it was one of their. I think it was their first feature film, Nickelodeon's first live. Uh, it was their first CG, 3D film. Yeah. It was Paramount's first 3D film. Yeah. And uh, and so I think they're very financially in, in, invested, but then also you got this sweet show, and you're like, how can we make this thing pop? Yeah. Um, it is interesting. That's one of the things of, like, the movie was made to promote this other product. Yeah. <laughs> thing I found really smart is, like, um, John A., or whatever his name is. John he, A. Davis. Yeah. He really wanted to, like... He wanted to make the movie first from his perspective so they could make all the like 3D assets and all the characters and like landscapes and stuff at a, a movie level budget. Oh. And then since it's 3D, you can just reuse those assets for the TV show, which yeah. will like save a lot of money and like up the quality a lot more than like if they just did it from scratch making the TV show in like short amount of time. Yeah. And um what do you think of the character design? I like it. Yeah. And I know some people are terrified of it, but it I, I really love people. it. Yeah. I, I love how they design the world around the characters. Yeah. Like the, the attention made a detail where the cars are different are bigger sizes. bigger for their heads. <laughs> yeah. They're massive heads. It's fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I like little detail jokes like that. Um, the film was uh, rushed through production. Uh, taking a slim 24 months back then. Yeah, that they, was like 
unheard of. It's like half the time. And they tripled their animation staff too. Yeah. Um, and it was released December 21st, 2001. And, uh, Roger Ebert, he gave it three stars out of four, saying it doesn't have the little jokes that make Shrek and Monster Zinc fun for grown-ups, but adults who appreciate art of animation may enjoy the look of the picture. I like that Roger Ebert watched this movie and had a little chuckle to himself. I think he liked it. He enjoyed it. Yeah. That's a some nice imagery. Here's the thing. Roger Ebert, wrong so many times. But I think he he has some really detrimental reviews yeah. that have impacted my my uh, my take on my love of his takes. But uh, I do think he kind of nailed it. I think this movie doesn't have as many smart adult jokes built into it, like Toy Story. Like it doesn't really even have the emotional uh, like the emotional side, like Toy Story, that adults can get on board with. But uh, but the animation is like quite interesting to look at. Yeah, like I remember as a kid, one of the things that really stuck out was like all the sci-fi elements were really cool. Yeah. They had like a cool like sheen and glow to everything. The cool sheen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. the The travel bubble comes to mind, like big orange bubble that he like bounced around trying I to get love to school. That. Always thought it was really cool, and like the how the the aliens glowed inside their capsules yeah always stuck with me yeah the sci-fi elements it's like i like that they do this and um iron giant came out around the same time oh really but uh but they really do the like retro 1950s look at sci-fi yeah and they're very they feel very influenced um obviously the filmmakers were like raised in that era yeah um but uh, yeah, I the thing also something that stuck with me was uh, the uh, the hairdo gadget that like gave him a crazy hairdos. I really like that as yeah. as as a, a kid. I always um, thought it was funny. Like, why if he has a machine that can automate brushing his teeth, why does he need to do the motions? Just to like teach him how to brush true. his teeth when that's the machine true. fails or it's also called the gingivitis like 3000 so yeah, like, it means it gives him gingivitis like it's, <laughs> it's not a laser called, that like... shoots gingivitis straight into his teeth <laughs> um the film was made for was made for roughly 30 million uh it opened behind lord of the rings the fellowship of the rings and oceans 11 yeah and it earned 102 million dollars worldwide pretty damn good uh it was nominated for Best Animated Feature by the Academy Awards. Snubbed. Lost to Shrek. Snubbed. You think it got snubbed? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you think the history books look back? Um, the movie has two straight-to-DVD sequels, three crossovers with Fairly Odd Parents, and two spin-off TV shows. Did you watch Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius or Planet Sheen? Uh... I definitely grew up on the TV show. I love that TV show. Sounds like it. A lot of really <laughs> iconic episodes. Yeah. Uh, never checked out the the show, the spinoff for with uh, Sheen. Yeah, I think that came later. It came out really late, like maybe twenty tens. No fans. No man. one cared. No. They could do a boy, uh, BoJack Horseman version of it, where it's like, what happens when you were Jimmy Neutron as a young boy? Yeah, and maybe. Now you're. <laughs> you're <laughs> 
Uh, no, you're just like a washed up 27 year old. Um, yeah, I saw, I watched one episode of the TV show as a kid. I never watched it. Uh, I really wanted to. You're missing out. In preparation for this show, I watched one episode and it was the best episode. Which one? Lights, camera, danger. The one where a Quentin Tarantino ripoff, uh, directs a film that Jimmy wrote. It's pretty good. (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah. Do you remember that one? I remember the character, mm-hmm. but I don't remember much of the show episode. Um, Was he wearing, like, sunglasses? Yeah. Had, like, black hair and, like, a little curl? He looks exactly how Quentin Tarantino looked during his, yeah. like, Kill Bill yeah. press tours. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So that wraps it up for, like, the kind of history. You want to get into the rewatch? I have something to add. Yeah, go. Um, did you happen to watch the like pilot they made right before the movie? I did not. So the pilot, um, I only just found out about this pilot like last week when I was doing research, but like it's essentially an abridged version of the movie. The script is pretty much exactly the same except for the ending. Oh. Like they have a scene of him sneaking out and like using the shrink ray and like meeting the aliens and stuff like that but it ends with him like beating up the aliens himself and just like flying back home and like the whole gag is like in the movie he's like oh don't go after jimmy he needs to like learn his lesson and come back himself but in the show they like prolong that and he's like oh he'll just come straight back and like the whole episode is like the gag ending with him like, coming back from space on a rocket ship and, like, crash landing to where he, like, lands right in front of the door. And his dad's like, see, there he is. I thought it was kind of cute. But one thing... Very different morals. Yeah. Like, they definitely, like, in the pilot episode, were really hammering home, like, morals for kids. Yeah. Which was lost a lot more on, like, the movie and the show. But uh, one thing that stuck out to me is... Carl Weezer's design in the pilot is terrifying. He is a very different looking person. He has like... I gotta look him up. Yes, please do. He's terrifying. He's got... He's still got big glasses. They're a bit thicker and bigger. And he doesn't have beady little eyes. They're like blown out. Oh, no. To like a terrifying degree. It's not charming in any way. He's got a full head of hair. He loses those three little tufts. Full... Wait. No, that's a photo of his dad that I was look, looking at. Uh, but he he's a lot less charming, and if they kept that old design, I don't think he would be nearly as revered as he is today. Now, you revere him quite a bit because yeah, I, I have inside information, Jonah, that you went as one such a character for Halloween. Oh, damn, those pictures leaked. It was got I gotta fire my publicist. <laughs> Those got out. They did not just dis- dis- destroy them all. And your girlfriend went as Carl's went as Jimmy's mom. Yeah. Funny little it's funny a little bit. And then I went as Jimmy Neutron. Really? Yeah. And we never once that linked year? up. Yep. Oh, this year. That's too bad. We never once linked up. Um Jesus. I am seeing just some terrible photos on here, but I'm not finding Weird Carl Weezer. Is it this guy? Yeah. Jesus. He's got Christ. massive eyes. And like. He's got freckles. 
he all his dialogue he has he's a lot less like charming and charismatic just kind of like a downer yeah with a nerdy voice and that's it that's his whole personality oh he doesn't love llamas i don't even know he doesn't look like he'd love llamas he looks like some boring guy you know that's something i've learned with making characters especially from D D. you have to love something yeah it makes you lovable yeah um yeah that's a terrifying image um i'm glad they changed his johnny quasar appearance whoa is that out there he he used to have like a much much bigger head like i know he has a big head now but it was terrifyingly large like maybe 10 percent of his face oh my god or his head was face and the rest was just forehead and that's before he got all those compliments yeah (laughs) holy shit yeah i'm glad they (laughs) reduced it a little bit it's like what they uh what they watch movies on at drive-ins yeah jesus that yeah, is they changed huge. they changed that design thankfully from the 1995 demo they did which they like originally pitched it to nickelodeon and the pilots the pilot he looks exactly like he does now whoever greenlit this should go to prison yeah because <laughs> they're not right this is very troubling it's about an 11 inch forehead yeah and uh, imagine them trying to recreate that kind of vibe for a, their live action film it's like that they originally planned. Yeah, it's like Stewie a little bit. Um, all right, let's get back to it. <laughs> Anyways. That is, that is, you really troubled me. This is not great. You see, J- Jimmy Neutron, as fun as it is, it does have a lot of nightmare fuel in it. Oh, definitely. Like, I understand why kids hate it. But I also understand why it's really important. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we... Uh, so you watched this movie. I watched oh, it twice. I was supposed to watch it? Oh, did you not watch it? Oh, I was just I was just bullshitting the last hour. All this stuff is about Johnny Quasar. You have like six notes here about Johnny Quasar. <laughs> Your autocorrect said Johnny Quasar. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, all right. So... Uh, I'm assuming I hope you watched it. If yeah, not, I, I have to talk. I paid I paid an accumulative fourteen dollars for this movie. I'd say worth it. It's a good time. I rented it three times. One time I didn't watch it, the other time I watched it, and then the other time was this morning. And this I morning. and I was like, I'm gonna I now I know better and I rented it in not in H D. I rented it in standard definition because oh, the no. animation does not need to be high def. You get a lot of nice texture. There's no texture in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. With the HD. Um, Yeah. So what moments stood out to you now as an adult? So I think it's been like, what, like 20 years since you watched this movie? I I rewatched it back in like grade 10 just because I was curious. Yeah. And loved it then. But before then, I don't think I'd watched it since like 2003 or four. Yeah. So like what um now as an adult which what kind of stands out to you as like that's quality All the performances are stellar. Like there's not a single performance in here that isn't like the best casting and like the best delivery of all the lines. Yeah. Like I think this movie wouldn't be nearly as funny as it is without 
like these stellar performances. Yeah, the voices are are doing a lot. The actually the actual animation I feel like undercuts the acting. Yeah, because you know ha- half of perform like half of performance is like in the face and with with uh, hand drawn animation they used to work so closely to get the performance in the animation. And I feel like with this one, one of the reasons why I didn't connect so close, like so well, with uh, a lot of the actors is be or with a lot of the characters is because their faces kind of stay the same, and you don't see a They're lot. They're really stiff. Yeah. All the like, the person you notice, or at least I noticed, the like weird facial animation the most on was the dad. Yeah. He has some weird, just because like I think his face is the most cartoony out of everyone. He's got these big cheeks and this big jaw like yeah. a really tall head and whenever he smiles it like contorts his whole face and also he's like on a different planet yeah he's like michael rousing he's like so out out of where he is in r- reality yeah one of my favorite parts on rewatch was just every single line that he said was like quotable about Amazing. rocket ships <laughs> that too you can only think but, like about my favorite part of his character was um, how he would get like idioms wrong oh, yeah. all the time, like "Oh, if you had a friend named Cliff, would you jump off him?" Yeah, I like that. I think you uh, uh, you buttered your your bed. Now you have to lay in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find a lot of the jokes, especially with like Carl or Sheen, on paper they're kind of okay, but just like the performances, like they make them hilarious. Yeah, like just. I mean, tiny little background noises from Sheen like made me burst out laughing. The joke, like pretty much all of Sheen's jokes, and I think it's it's in contrast to who I identified with when I first watched the movie and who I identify with now as an adult, is all of Sheen's jokes landed so much harder. Yeah. Where I, I always liked him, but like now I'm like <laughs> when he's like, This is my limited edition Turbo Man action figure. And the then whole she- like set up with him like telling them that it's never before seen and like Cindy baits him into taking it out. Then how do you know so it? funny. And also it's like she's smart, so she would know the uh what's that cat? Uh is the cat alive or dead? Schrodinger? Yeah. It's yeah. like the Schrodinger's cat equation where it's like she would know that. So yeah. so she tricks him with that. Yeah. And then uh, and he takes it out, and he's like, no, <laughs> my hubris destroyed me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I think the performances really sell the characters. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. They're kind of, like Jokes are kind of weak on, on paper. But, yeah, the delivery is stellar, like, throughout. I think um, the, like, joke economy in this movie is really well done. Like, okay. they don't waste any time. Like, something's either building up a character or, like, setting up a joke. Yeah. But it feels like there might be a little bit of inflation. Oh, yeah? Where the jokes really aren't as worth worth as much. Some of them know, so many. but a lot of them landed personally this time around. Yeah? Yeah. Um, like, the, when, he, <laughs> when Carl's like, hey, Jimmy, you want to see a frog? <laughs> and it's just, like, the ugliest frog you've ever seen. I... I burst out laughing. That's pretty good. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, like, I, I, I was trying to figure out how you could say the plot of this movie. And then I realized not a lot happens in this movie. No. Like, 
this this could be one episode and you're right it makes sense that it's a pilot yeah because it's like uh he he sends a message out to space he gets contacted uh the the aliens come take his parents and then he has to band together with the kids to go get his parents back and that's like a pretty much a quick story but then it's lengthened with like the circus or the carnival bit the the no parents let's have fun bit yeah and uh and yeah like they definitely did beef it out but all those things really work for the movie yeah and it's like creates kind of like a really enjoyable time all the montages are definitely filler but they're fun filler yeah they work they keep the pace kind of like fresh and bumpy and they do feel like they're in character like it definitely feels like jimmy neutron's learning about independence and he's like he's straying a little too far with uh with his uh with his party montage that he like learns oh man sometimes i do need someone to take care of me where the town has a collective candy hangover yeah that was weird (laughs) that was weird nick like makes i think you think nick nick is like straight edge and he's like super sober and he's like Haha, no he's been suck. candy hung over before he's like just walk it off neutron and he's like he's standing straight he's not keeling over like every other kid in town That's and he's true. sucking on a lollipop he's still he's still maybe no maybe maybe he doesn't have a hangover because he's because he's still sucking on a lollipop hair of the dog he's just riding it out god can you imagine <laughs> eating a shit ton of candy then the next morning sucking on a lollipop <laughs> nothing could be worse Maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe we haven't thought to do that because it sounds terrible. That's how you get fucking cool. Yeah. (laughs) We should be sucking on lollipops this whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That'd be terrible audio. Um, Yeah, I really loved the Jimmy Neutron uh, introduction of like him being chased by fighter jets while in the rocket. I always thought that was so cool as a kid where it like starts with a military base. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this kid's hot shit. And it show, it sets you up to be like, these kids are as serious as adults. Yeah. Um, and when I was watching, I was like, okay, well, obviously this is going to cut to him waking up from a dream. And then it doesn't. It's just, oh, no, this is That's, actually That was how the whole he... TV show. <laughs> this is actually how he lives. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then I really uh, something that just I love a shrinking ray. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little before, but I really love in movies like with uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, or things that blow up and get huge. I just love it, and I think it really works for this movie. And one of the most horrifying things I've seen is when he accidentally shrinks his teacher, Mrs. Fowl. Yeah, and then she's doomed to a life of fighting like a worm that's the size of like the dune worm apparently um there's like a q a sometime after the movie was released that like one of the main questions that like came up between that and the show was how she got back to size did she ever get back to- yeah she's she's full size in the show Oh, okay okay i don't know how it happened i didn't get that far in my research but like I That's think terrifying. her movie might be more interesting. Yeah. I would like to watch. It's just... Essentially Dune, but just with like pencils and erasers. Yeah. Mrs. Yeah. Like what if uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids met Dune? Yeah. That would be fun. One thing that came up when I was like looking up trivia is when he turns on the little adult radar, she doesn't pop up. 
even though she wasn't abducted. Interesting. She was still in the school. Maybe she was too small. Adults can't be that small. You know what? I was actually thinking about that. And I that was kind of the answer that I came to. Yeah. Was I think they uh she was too small for them to kidnap. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's, maybe he saved her life. Maybe. Maybe. Uh yeah, it's definitely that is interesting. I I was also thinking about uh maybe this would work for you. Uh <laughs> um which of Jimmy Neutron's gadgets do you think has the greatest effect on our world when it's released? Goddard, easily. You think the robot dog? Yeah, he can do everything. I mean, that's true, and it seems like he has AI. Like you could, you could build in his shrink ray into Goddard. Yeah. I think it's the t- the the when he um. Do you think Goddard has military? has military use or is it just easily yeah okay <laughs> god like, oh cool. this tiny little dog walks over any enemy lines oh he dies by exploding that's one of my favorite jokes yeah. is the play dead uh i was so so shocked as a kid when i saw that yeah, like so good. oh i love this dog oh no he's dead <laughs> oh, like, 10 minutes into the movie it's such a funny joke and i feel like they really did it could have been so dark yeah but they really figured out how to balance that tone um, I think it is, you know, when uh, when he wants to make the pearl necklace for his mom, so he gets all those. Oh oysters. yeah, the time he has a time travel machine. Yeah, yeah, and he uses it to make necklaces. Yeah, he puts it in like a microwave, and then four years passes by so fast. I think that's the most. I think that has a devastating effect on yeah. our society. Or the girl eating plant, I yeah. think, could if that becomes an invasive species humans are done for the i remember thinking back now the microwave like terrified me as a kid really like just the implications like what if you like stuck your hand in there like what if you like put an animal in there like, be it like a, ages years in front of your eyes like m night Shyamalan's old yeah yeah that would be it would be that's the funny thing when they do these things it's like what happens when one of these things gets out they don't really think about it i like playing a game which is uh, what happens 10 minutes before the movie which for this one it's pretty interesting but what happens 10 minutes after this movie they just keep burping <laughs> you don't think any of the it's, it literally is... 10 minutes after the movie because like they drank that whole thing of soda and it ends with everyone just burping around the table i guess you're right and it does the classic like sitcom pull out everyone's laughing but like no, genuinely, I think they just like sit around burping it's yeah because none of the parents or adults are phased at all by any of the science fiction things that are going on. Well, like no one blinks an eye at Jimmy with his rocket. True. I guess. So I think they wouldn't have, they wouldn't even care about being kidnapped. I mean, to be fair, they probably don't remember much. Like they they probably were just like sitting on the toilet or uh, the doing their hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you're on a spaceship. Yeah. And like your kid's there. Yeah, but being in space is big enough yeah, to, to have trouble with yeah. after um, and to bring into question. And also, why is there a, a sunny side up alien hanging out there in space? Um, yeah, the other thing I really liked uh, was I, I, I liked this time how Jimmy's character is always being teased about being short. And you never really think about it with kids in animation that like oh yeah like they are shorter than all the uh, 
other kids, but how that's an insecurity for him. Yeah, it's not brought up much. And then I like at the end that he saves the day by blowing himself up to be planet size. Yeah. And I, I always thought he shrunk the ship to be tiny. Why why wouldn't he, when, like, making himself the same height, why wouldn't he, like, put himself back to normal size but, like, a couple feet, Here's a the couple thing. inches taller? I think he realizes he's enough the way he is. Uh, and I think that's an important thing to teach kids. Yeah, but he's a scientist. I can make time travel in my basement, but I can't make myself like a couple inches taller. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, were there any other moments or characters that you appreciated in the movie this time around? Um, I definitely hated Nick more. Like the whole, yeah. that one scene where they're like literally flying in space and like seeing the wonders of existence and everyone's like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. No human being has ever seen this. He like needs to keep up that macho facade and be like, eh, whatever. Like, dude, shut up. Yeah, it is the price you pay to be cool, right? Yeah. You can't enjoy things. Yeah. Would you rather uh, would, <laughs> would you rather uh, not be cool but be able to, like, feel the highs and lows of life or remain stoic and always looked up to? Living that first one, baby. <laughs> yeah, you are living the free life. You're on a roller coaster of lameness. Uh, did the quality of animation distract you? Because I found myself getting pretty thrown off by it. Not at all. Really? Maybe the only time I was taken out was um, the Chicken God. It was probably the worst thing ever put to 3D animation, especially the scene where he literally flashes his ass to the whole stadium and it's very detailed and feathery and like no cloaca red and splotchy yeah weird this is what i want i want more buttholes on animals yeah. in animated movies that damn cats director's yeah. cut put a cloaca on that it. chicken god uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i found like the movie looks so uh i have the same thing with the Incredibles too, like as the well. The first one, yeah, not The Incredibles too, but The Incredibles yeah. as as well. Is I find that everything kind of looks really flat, and the lack of it texture, very waxy, yeah, and uh, depth on screen, I find is really really difficult, and it kind of distracted me for this movie. I I personally loved it. I I'm a big fan of old graphics whether that be in like 3d animation or like video games yeah i just love the novelty of it you are living that gen z life maybe that's a very gen z move i know a lot of people my age that like hate stuff like that okay. like well you're they... not all the same i guess ironically loving things that are shitty is no not it's ironic i genuinely enjoy that kind of stuff like Terrible the animation. blockier the better maybe not like terrible animation yeah like stuff like um, Pixar's Baby. I don't know if you've seen that animation. Like no. the first thing they ever put out. That's oh, terrifying. That is troubling. And like Andy from Toy Story. Yeah. Terrifying. But I think the cartoony style of all the characters definitely helps it out a lot. Like if they're trying to be realistic and have all that lack of texture and like depth, I don't think it would have worked be... at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The stylized look allows you 
to buy into it more. Yeah. Who is there a character that you identify with now as an adult that differs from who you identified with as a kid? When I was a kid, I identified a lot with Jimmy just because I guess I was a little bit shorter. When I was younger, I was always like, I would catch up and people would like grow taller than me. And I was also like a big nerd. I still am. Yeah. But then I was less like embracing of it. You're it was just kind of like a part of me that I was maybe ashamed of. Now, in a weird way, I kind of relate a lot to Jimmy's mom, mm. which is weird to say. Just because, I don't know, seeing her care about the people in her life so much and like going out of the way to like help her family and like not want to ask anything in return and also sometimes maybe being a little bit harsh just to like make sure the people in your life are like taken care of and are like doing right by themselves yeah i liked it a lot i mean that's cool that's a really cool person to identify with i also liked how they gave her um she was just doing a lot of jobs around the house that you yeah. normally don't see moms doing, like changing oil. Working. Yeah, that and was that's one of my favorite things that I noticed this time watching it is like they literally make them as like this nuclear family archetype and flip it on its head. Yeah. But not in like a really obvious way. Like Jimmy's mom, she knows how to like repair a car. She knows how to do all this stuff, like all this mechanical stuff, and the dad doesn't at all. The He's dad just... is microdosing. <laughs> she's kind of being a single parent. Yeah. Like, she's getting like, no he's help. He's an idiot, but I think the, the really sweet thing is is she doesn't take away his, like, view of himself as, like, the man of the household. Yeah. Like, she doesn't ever belittle him or, like, call him stupid. She lets him, like, act like she is the one or he has the like power over Jimmy and like the authority in the house. Whereas like, she's very obviously the man of the household mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like the dad to Jimmy. Yeah. Like being she's in his the life. stern authority. Yeah. And he's more the like, yeah. And then she's like, Hey, why don't you go try to do this and I'll do it later. Yeah. Um, they very easily could have made her do all like these manly things and, be a big ass about it yeah and like he would be like the sheepish kind scared. of scared yeah classic 50s mother figure where like he doesn't do a whole lot and like i don't know views her as more yeah well you could just easily swap their their places yeah or you could even like you know and that's some deviation but no, they really do a, do a good way of being like, here are two like unique characters. Yeah. Okay, so I, I I think this movie has like a lot of uh, a lot of messaging in it. It kind of feels like a helicopter parent made a movie to scare kids. What do you think this movie is saying about independence? That you can't really have you know true independence without people to rely on in case you don't succeed with that maybe yeah that sounds good like you need a support system yeah and if you're gonna try incredibly big things yeah yeah i i i feel like it's a little bit like a cautionary tale that like it's a little bit like hey don't talk to strangers because the whole movie is set up around you talk to strangers now these people are gonna come eat your parents yeah and it feels even like say that Directly. A lot. 
a lot. And it, so it kind of feels like they're trying to discourage Jimmy from going out and doing things like and, and like being creative and having in, in independence. And I was surprised that that as a kid, I took away the, the message of like, I want to be more independent like these kids when the movies feels so against it and trying yeah. to like dissuade you from it. To be fair, they never really explain to Jimmy why he can't be independent at his age. They just tell him no and ground him yeah, kind of thing. So I feel maybe because of that lack of reasoning, you're like, yeah, Jimmy's right. He he needs independence. That's true. And also look at all the fun things he can do yeah. without his parents. That yeah, might like be what it is. Peeing in the shower, standing on the tables, whose pie to the face. Whose parents didn't let them pee in the shower? I don't know. Maybe not with a mask on. That's true. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I could like, finally wear like my just, mask in the shower. <laughs> he pees in the shower every day, but this is the first time with his Ultra Lord mask on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Do you think uh, we're both D&D players? And while watching this movie, I was like, hey, this thing kind of feels like a D&D homebrew. Where, like, you have a clear quest. Get the parents back who were taken by this evil kingdom. Uh, you have an artificer halfling, Jimmy Neutron. And then at the end, and you go out there with your party. And then at the end, you uh, there's a huge chicken monster that, like, occultists raised out of an egg that you have to defeat. That feels like a D&D campaign. A little bit, yeah, and they have to like find creative ways that each person can take on this big boss at the end. Yeah, would you participate in D&D? <laughs> you genuinely ask me right now. No, I don't think I would. Will you do this campaign for me? No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, all right, um, just rewatch the movie and roll a bunch of dice. I, and I just act like you're doing it. That is, yeah, I, I could do that. I did roll a nat twenty for our show today. Yeah, I like to roll a, a dice to see how how these shows are, are going to go, and this one nat twenty. Um, all right, I do have uh the Lord Farquaad Award. All right, so I don't have a lot of nominees for this. This movie's pretty much made for kids, right down the middle. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of like under t- uh, sly little winks to t- to the parents. I, do, I have two, though. And if you have any, let me know. But uh, Lord Farquaad Award is a joke that uh, you didn't get as a kid, but now as an adult, you catch. So mine is uh, the horror story that Nick is telling around the campfire is the Blair Witch Project. Right. I, I had my suspicions, I think, even as a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, like, first time I watched it, because I don't even know if I knew about the Blair Witch around then. But... um. I always had a suspicion it was that because I still haven't seen that movie. Me neither. And, and even after watching it now, I'm like, this kind of sounds like it could be, but it wasn't until like looking it up on the wiki that yeah. I was like, this is a reference to the Blair Witch Project. I caught it this time. I, I watched the Blair Witch Project. I watched the majority of it on a Halloween when I was a little kid that, uh, that I, they would show it on TV all the time on Halloween. And uh, and because I guess they think kids are going to be out. But uh, I watched it. I watched a chunk of it and really scared the shit out of me. Nice. Uh, But I caught it this time. The other one would be when they're building the um, 
the carnival ride spaceships, there's a dragon that they're putting a rocket into. And where they're putting the rocket into is his butthole. Oh. And it's just a, a sliver of a frame. I don't think I caught that. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any little jokes in here that went over your head? I don't think so. Like this, this movie's pretty. Like it's it's no it's definitely no Shrek where it has like a whole bunch of adult jokes peppered in here and there. It's kind of yeah. just full of jokes that could go with like any age group. Yeah, you could watch this with your grandma and your nephew. Yeah. Yeah, but I know the bat out of heck one was funny. That is pretty. Out good. of a nod to the late meatloaf. The late great meatloaf. A couple weeks ago, but. I didn't really know what that was about as a kid. No. That carnival looks great, though. I, I I guess I'm collecting fake carnivals in kids' movies and, like, which are which is the, the deadliest ride. Yeah. And uh, Spy Kids 3D. No, Spy Kids 2 has a really deadly carnival at the Troublemaker Amusement Park. And then this one is also very deadly. A lot of spinning. Fast. Like, the one where it literally holds you by your head and spins you around that i don't think that no that would be safe at all yeah (laughs) how did that get passed and i also there's no harness or anything the kid's holding on with his hands and they take it to space why would you take that one to space (laughs) why does it have to spin while they're in space (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i found an interesting fan theory online on Reddit, and I want uh, I, I want to know what you think of it, okay? So the theory was brought up by uh, Organic Chemistry, a Redditor who has, since posting, deleted their account. So this might <laughs> they either... They the truth out there and that's caught. That's the thing. They might either... That might either embolden the argument or take away from it. The idea is that Jimmy and his friends are government experiments. That the town of Retroville is just like a testing site. That's why they look like that? Yeah. That's why they look like that. And the reason they have all these crazy gadgets. Sorry. The reason why they have all these crazy gadgets is because the government is testing weapons and stuff on them. And all the other characters and side characters and parents are all just robots and that's why they don't blink a like blink an eye at all the crazy stuff that's going on. And the kids have fake memories implanted. I mean, Jimmy's parents literally look like what you'd find in a like a nuke testing home yeah. with mannequins. Like uh like a in a house that Indiana Jones would hide. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. No, that's very very true. Um so what 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 do you, you watch the show? Do you buy that that theory? Maybe. Okay. Does that explain any of the villains in the show? Can't. Well, I guess all the villains, more or less, are created by Jimmy. So. Very Batman like. Yeah. And I guess the government could be testing out, like, evil monsters that they could use on the war. Yeah. And, like, make Jimmy think that he created them. So they also know how to destroy it if necessary, because mm. he'll figure out a way. Yeah, there's also, uh, I believe there's like a government 
testing site called Area 86. Yeah. That's like somewhere near in that's the, the show. That's the first scene with the oh. Lieutenant Amber Crombie. Is that where that is? Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Um, all right. That seems like that holds a lot of water. I'm going to say that that's a true theory. Uh, they asked it to the creator on Twitter or in a Q&A, and the creator said uh, that might be true or might not. He was created by DNA Productions. True. Um, all right. Before we get to the last segment of the show, uh, is there anything else you want to bring up? That I have to pee. <laughs> Come on, can you hold it for a little bit? Yeah, I can. All right. It's just a joke. Don't leave that in. What do you have left? There was something I was going to bring up, but I don't know. Uh, just the outro questions. All right. Do you think they should uh, bring this back? And have either have a sequel or have bring back the TV show? It's my outro question. Oh, okay. But uh, what I wanted to say, um, one thing I noticed on this rewatch that I didn't notice in my first two watches over the years is Carl's a really good friend. He goes to Jimmy's house, the ass crack of dawn, on a school day. Yeah. And tests out a rocket going into space. Carl is a really good like, friend. You don't have a lot of time, or at least I didn't have a lot of time in the morning before school. You get up, you shower, you eat breakfast, and you barely make it to the bus. He goes to a different person's house and is like, hey, you want to try interdimensional, or like, you want to break this stratosphere with this rocket I made in my basement? Go into like, orbit. Sure, Jimmy. <laughs> Do you, uh, it seems like your kind of MVPs of this movie are Carl and Jimmy's mom. Yeah, they're great characters. Yeah. Carl is his little sweetheart. He's hilarious, great at drawing frogs, and just a lot of personality. Right. I I had an inhaler as a kid, so I, I related you? to Carl in that way. Yeah. Like, I saw that kind of representation. I guess that was probably the first time I've saw, seen that kind of representation in film yeah. as a kid around that time when I was on an inhaler. And in a positive way too. Yeah. Not just being like, look, this door uses with it a respiratory to kill problem. aliens. So cool. That was kick ass. I tried doing that. <laughs> I got it taken away from me. <laughs> I killed the first alien that I found. <laughs> Not allowed at the zoo anymore. Would you show Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius to a kid in the year twenty twenty two? From like a writing perspective and music and story and all that dialogue i think it holds up well enough that a kid could enjoy it it's kind of out of time like the fact that they use a lot of 50s aesthetic yeah. kind of makes it so you can like it doesn't seem like it takes place in 2001 it could take place anytime so in that regard i think it works but animation wise no kids yeah. would hate it <laughs> That that's like, it's one of the kind of problems that I keep finding myself coming up against. Hey, exciting news! I'm looking straight down the barrel of becoming an uncle, a double unk to two nephews and nieces. Now I'm very excited, but something that I've been thinking about is like, 
what, what to show them. Am I am I at me as an uncle? Am I going to be able able to show them? And the animation of movies from my past kind of gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. Of what I've been thinking about, and I don't know if Jimmy Neutron would be would be good at a certain age. That like where they would understand it, I think then they'd already seen stuff like Paw Patrol, and and uh, they might be already too smart to watch this kind of. If you have the ability, animation. you should never sh- trick them into thinking that animation is progressing really fast. <laughs> Show them <laughs> Toy Story and then Jimmy Neutron. And then like Toy Story two, Toy Story they three, making big things. And they're like, it. "Whoa, that was quick!" <laughs> so like Steamboat Willie, and yeah. then the next day be like, "Hey, <laughs> we got over the hedge." Um, yeah, that that would be pretty fun to to mess with with their heads. Um, or be like, show them uh, Inside Out, and be like, "No, that's actually what that's actually what happens inside your head." Yeah, there's five puppets in there. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go with no. Uh, I don't think kids would like this now. Uh, Jonah, thank you so much for being here. Good to be here. Uh, no do problem. you think this was? Do you think we covered everything about Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius? Uh, we might have scratched the surface to the the greater apotheosis of Johnny Quasar. <laughs> no, don't, don't you do that, <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. I gotta cut that. Cut it. No. Uh, we're just gonna put a little uh censor beep over that <laughs> as if you're cursing sure um keep people from the truth <laughs> uh yeah i think i think well, you know there's such a rich lore behind this because there's so many seasons of the show yeah uh what recent movie if it came out when you were a kid would have been your favorite i wasn't really into superhero movies all that much especially not spider-man like i watched the only one I watched in theaters was maybe the third one of the original Spider-Man. Yep. And then kind of saw glimpses of the first and second one at a friend's house. But I feel Spider-Verse would have had a big impact on me. Nice. I, when I was a kid, I really loved the idea and like the representation of multiple versions of a character from like alternate dimensions or just like multiple versions of superheroes from different eras there was this one i had this one uh fairly odd parents i think it was an art book or maybe it was a comic book type thing but they had a a scene where um timmy wishes for all the other eras of the crimson chin to come and like help the original one fight and like there was a lineup with all of them from like the different eras so there was like the 40s crimson chin and he was like black and white and then there's like the 60s Crimson Chin, and he was, like, all groovy. In the 70s, he was, like, disco, like, so on. And then the Millennium Crimson Chin was, like, all, like, chrome. And I just thought that was the coolest shit. That is So, fun. like, seeing a movie where not only do you have all these characters being essentially, like, spinoffs of the one titular character, but they actually do stuff, and they have personalities, and they have their own theme songs and characterization, and that would have been really cool, especially... Like the, the art style would have yeah. blown me away too. I mean, I can't imagine. Like, that's one of the things. Like that movie is so visually striking. Like it's like a mind blowing movie. Yeah. That if you were to watch that, and then go to say like flushed away, Ugh. 
I couldn't imagine that being one of my first it's movies. It's going to look insane. Yeah. Um, There's just so much going on back yeah. then. It, everything was so simple and like, like YouTube, textureless. YouTube videos have way better animation now than, than like animation feature back films then. back then. Yeah, people making stuff in their basement. Like yeah. Minecraft parodies have better animation than Toy <laughs> Minecraft Story. Minecraft has better animation. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think that's a pretty great one. Spider-Verse is in, just an incredible film. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to uh, tell the audience about? Jonah, you are a incredible filmmaker. Uh, you're, you make really great movies. But also, your art is really good. You're a graphic artist. Yeah. And surprisingly, you're great at both. I dabble. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, is there anything that you'd like to tell the audience about or where they can check out your great art? Um, I don't have anything big coming up to promote but i would say go follow my art instagram which is jscl underscore art and i I post a lot of little like animations and digital drawings and videos and stuff there that i'm pretty proud of and i also have my youtube channel which is my name jonah sevenier just on youtube the profile picture is like a black and white buster keaton thing and uh, if you go there, check out my short film, Peach Mango. It's doing pretty good. It's really good. It's a little... It's really enjoyable. Like pseudo music video with a lot of colors. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's getting some pretty good traction recently. Um, don't check me out on Twitter. <laughs> you won't benefit from that. No, you troll. That's all you do on Twitter is maybe. just troll. No, but uh, Peach Mango is like a really, really, it's visually beautiful Thank and it's, it's, it's really, really good. I would highly recommend people go check that out. And also your art is really fun. How, how, how much time do you spend on each of those little art like um, vi- videos? It ranges. Sometimes I go into a frenzy. If there's like a really simple idea, I can pump it out maybe an afternoon and then like stay up till two tweaking it and adding stuff to it. And then others which are the ones that like really wear me down, but I love doing them because the end product is so crazy. Yeah. Those ones take months and months and months. But yeah, all of them it really ranges. Yeah, I mean, they just look at the, it makes sense that they take months. Like that, they, they look so good. Um, and Especially you also the have animation a TikTok, ones. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. It's just it's essentially just all the stuff that I post to my art Instagram. Yeah, check it out there. Go check them out. Jonah Sevigny. Hello. It's awesome to have you, man. Good to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you about Jimmy Neutron. Finally. Finally. You... It's been bottled up inside me for all these years. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you, uh, the audience, can check us out on uh, on Instagram at, at what will we watch podcast. Uh, and you can also, please, tell your friends about us. That's the only way we grow is when you tell your friends. So if you think they might like a trip to their past, they might like to get into a home build, a homemade spaceship and go to uh, an egg planet with Jimmy Neutron. Love to. If you think that they might like our upcoming episode, Osmosis Jones, bring them in and recommend the podcast to them. Other than that, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That really helps. Um... Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, and uh, have a great week. Uh, Make sure to check out Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius uh, on Blu-ray this March 8th. Is that happening? Yes. (laughs) It's not a joke. Blu-ray. Go buy it on Blu-ray, yes. Blu-ray.
They needed a, a Blu-ray restoration. Yes, they of... do. The world's been waiting. That's not a good idea. They're going to lose money. Uh, yeah, you know what? But I do recommend you you watch Jimmy Neutron. It's actually pretty fun for a laugh. Have some friends over. Have some beers. And uh, check out Jimmy Neutron. Uh, other than that, Jonah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, enjoy your week. Be safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.